This is Louisiana Considered. I'm Carl Lengel, and on today's show, get your library cards out. The New Orleans Public Library is wrapping up a busy month of events celebrating black history. Up first, though, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry issued his controversial Protecting the Innocence report, suggesting that Louisianans reach out to local library boards and lawmakers to tighten young people's access to library materials and resources. We'll talk with a Louisiana librarian about the report and the Louisiana Library Association's rebuttal to the Landry Statement. That's just a minute from now. First, though, for some context on the story, let's revisit Louisiana Considered host Adam Voss's series on the issue that aired in January. As with book bans throughout history, the current discourse seems to boil down to who defines obscenity and pornography and the access to those materials. Adam spoke with Michael Lunsford, executive director of Lafayette-based Citizens for a New Louisiana, about the group's objections to some of the titles that are being discussed. We don't want to ban books. We don't want to necessarily uh, have them out of the library, but we think they should be appropriately shelved. Um, but our position has been at least get it out of the children's section. If it's in the adult section and you're like one of those parents that, look, I want to have this conversation with my kids. I want to show them all this stuff. It's in the library. You can still go get it. It's in the adult section. And as long as you're in control as the adult, then that's fine. Adam also spoke with librarian Amanda Jones, who was accused on social media of fighting to keep sexually erotic and pornographic materials in the library's children's section in Livingston Parish and filed suit to counter those attacks. Jones detailed some of the material being questioned. Yes, one of the two of the most uh, contentious books right now, not only in Louisiana, but across the United States, Gender Queer and All Boys Are Blue. Both of those are fictional with a little bit of autobiographical content from the authors, um, but they are young adult books with LGBTQ characters, and they are never found in the children's section, um, but people will insist that they are. Joining us now to explain the Louisiana Library Association's response to the Landry Statement is Christopher. Because the discourse on the topic has become so contentious, we are honoring Christopher's request that we use only his first name. Christopher, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. Sure. My pleasure. So let's start. What is the Louisiana Library Association's primary objection to Landry's statement? Um, the statement... Our primary objection to the statement is that it will end up ostracizing and alienating certain books that, you know, we need to serve our community by the very definition of what he's considering to be sexually explicit, um, you know, LGBT communities and items are, are automatically going to be unfairly targeted. And just in general, as librarians, we are going to oppose any um, attempts to censor collections, and, and especially in public libraries. Um, you know, we have a duty to, to serve our entire community. And that doesn't just mean the people that might vote a certain way or that who hold certain moral standards. Um, you know, there are people in our communities that want and need these items. And so we have a, a duty to them um, to make them available and um, to not pass judgment on them as, as a public entity. Now, he slammed the current library policies. Can you tell us just generally what those policies are right now? Sure. Now, they do vary across the state because um, libraries are controlled by their local governments. Um, so, you know, various libraries and library boards um, can pass different policies about how, about how things check out. Um, but for the most part, libraries do limit 
access to adult um, or young adult collections to people who um, have reached the high school or adult ages, uh, depending on the policy. They also, you know, they also limit um, access to computers uh, based on age or potentially even, you know, DVDs and things like that um, to a certain age. So there are there are policies in place um, to help prevent a child from getting something that is not age appropriate or intended for them. During the news conference announcing the release of the report, one Louisiana state senator suggested that it's possible for a child to walk into a public library in Louisiana and take a copy of Penthouse magazine from the shelf. Is that true? Absolutely not. You know, I don't know if she meant that as an exaggeration or if she honestly thought that that was the case, but uh, Penthouse magazine is pornography. Um, You know, it's legally defined as pornography. It's clearly pornography. It appeals to the Purian interest. It's, it has no scientific or informational value. Um, And public libraries do not collect pornography or obscene materials. The Protecting Innocence Report has a list inside the report of titles that are labeled as sexually explicit, just as kind of exemplary material. And I, I want to run some of these titles by our listeners, including the hit Broadway play, Alison Bechdel's Fun Home, Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye, and George M. Johnson's All Boys Aren't Blue, among some others. Are these titles available for young people in Louisiana libraries? They are going to be on the shelves of some public libraries. Um, we searched a, a large number of libraries. We didn't have time to look at all 64 parishes plus, um, but in almost every case, those books were in the adult section. Um, we could not find any instances where they were in a children or juvenile section. I believe one of them is in the YA section, but it is a, a YA book um, that is a, you know, age appropriate for that age group. But no, we couldn't find any instances where they were in a children or juvenile collection. You know, the best possible situation, I think a lot of parents would agree, is always being present with the child when they're in a circumstance that might present this opportunity. And if that is not possible, then it falls, of course, upon the Louisiana library system to have some policies in effect that might control this access. Can you tell us a little bit about what those are? Well, like we mentioned before, um, you know, libraries, pretty much all libraries have different levels of um, library card, you know, typically by age, whether it be child, teen, adult, or child, tween, adult, um, you know, we do things differently. But generally, the child's card would not be able to borrow um, material from the young adult or adult sections. So we've talked a little bit about the library's obligations to parents. What, what's the obligation to children? We have an obligation, like I mentioned at the very beginning, to fulfill the information needs of our entire community. And part of life is sex. Um, you know, puberty begins in probably the middle grades. And whether we like it or not, kids will start being curious um, about sex and sexuality. And so you know, it's our duty to provide age-appropriate materials for children and their families um, who want those kinds of materials in order to to help their child understand what is uh, an essential part of life. It's sort of a, the uninformed don't make good decisions, basically. Right, and that's, you know, one of the things, you know, whether we like it or not, kids are getting information about sex. You know, they are being exposed to sexual material, sexual information, but they're not exactly getting it from places that many parents would prefer. You know? right. 
um, they're not being exposed to it in the public library. Uh, they're being, you know, they have a box in their pocket that they can access God knows what kinds of information at any time in any day. So, you know, we know that they're getting probably bad information, which makes it all the more critical that they have the access to good information um, that has gone through vetting, um, you know, and is in, in some cases is written by doctors you know, to help them understand the reality. To that point, some of the examples provided in this report um, are accessible on the internet, easily accessible on the internet within the report. So I'm, I'm kind Absolutely. of... Absolutely. It's interesting. This situation has had a somewhat chilling effect on state librarians. Can you share some of those details with us? Sure. I mean, we are um, concerned about speaking out. Um, you know, while we we while this is something that we are all extremely passionate about and that we're all very willing to to talk about and to debate, um, you know, there have been instances, the case of Amanda Jones, the school librarian, is probably the most well-known right now, um, she went to her local public libraries uh, meeting and spoke out against censorship, didn't say anything inflammatory, simply, you know, talked about the need for, for these materials in their community. And um, certain private groups on in their internet presence um, insulted and basically threatened her to the point that she had to take legal action against them. Um, and she did receive threats against her life. Um, you know, some people were threatening to show up where she worked. And if I remember correctly, one gentleman from Texas actually threatened her life to the point that uh, he was that he was arrested. So, you know, it the, the fear of of calling attention to ourselves and having these groups show up and create chaos is real. Unfortunately, you know, it, we we can't have a civil debate with with some of these groups, unfortunately. This is part of a uh, much broader national discussion, obviously, and a discussion that has been going on in the courts for all of our lives. The right. first obscenity rulings were handed down in the late 19th century. And starting about the mid-50s, it looks like, if I'm doing the math correctly, there are about 35 or 36 cases on First Amendment cases on obscenity, and certainly that's the largest group. So this issue does not go away. What happens next? I mean, at the moment, you know, we're kind of con concerned about the, the bills that have been introduced in the legislature, which um, are there to give politicians and the state more control over libraries. So, I mean, at the moment, that's our biggest concern is just trying to make sure that our libraries remain open and safe and true defenders of everyone's First Amendment rights. You know, as we go along and hopefully as more and more court cases rack up saying that these materials are not obscene, they're not pornographic. And in fact, um, Mr. Landry even says in his report that the materials do not meet a legal definition of obscenity. You know, hopefully as these court cases rack up, you know, we, we like to hope that people come to realize that they're not dangerous. You know, they're, they're books on a shelf. They're not dangerous. And so, you know, we have that, that hope that maybe our society will, will come around to realize um, that people do have the right to these materials. And again, that, you know, they, they have the right to, to choose for their own family, but, you know, they don't have the right to choose for someone else's family. Christopher, thanks so much for your time today. Of course, it's my pleasure. Louisiana librarian Christopher on the Louisiana Library Association's response to Attorney General Jeff Landry's Protecting Innocence Report. You're listening to Louisiana Considered on WWNO and WRKF. 
I'm Carl Lengel. aside the recurring supercharged debate on books, we might remember that libraries are an integral resource to the community at large. And the New Orleans Public Library is wrapping up a month of Black History celebration. Here to share what's up for the next couple of weeks, Shikrani Gray, African-American Resource and Equity and Inclusion Librarian, and Amy Wander, Library Head of Youth Programming. Let's dig into some of these programs. Amy, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about the Youth Art Contest, what it is, and how can young readers around the city get involved? Right. Okay, so today, here and now, we are accepting art submissions for the New Orleans Public Library's Black History Month Art Contest, and we're super excited about it, and we are encouraging students in Orleans Parish, grades kindergarten through 12th, to celebrate Black history through art and creative expression. We have a theme each year, and this year the theme is Black Resistance, and there is still time for students to enter until the end of day Tuesday, February the 28th. Now, all participants of the Black History Month Art Contest will receive a free book, and the winners will receive an additional free book. At the library, we are all about books, and we want to share these with our youth. So, There's free books involved for the participants, and the entries can be visual art, musical piece, or a creative video. Submissions will be judged on different age categories, so we have two age categories for elementary school, a middle school, and high school category. And the first through third place winners in all of those categories, their artwork will actually be displayed at the New Orleans Public Library locations, as well as on our website and social media channels. So we'll get their artwork out there. The first place winners in the youngest two categories will receive an art supply pack. And the first place prize for the middle school and high schoolers will receive a gift card. So please tell the young people in your life The submissions are due at the end of February, on February the 28th. And you can visit nolalibrary.org for details or come by any library location for more information. The submissions can be on paper or uploaded through our online form. And this is all brought to the New Orleans Public Library's patrons by the Friends of the New Orleans Public Library. All right. And Shukrani, the library is also offering something called Black History Under the Canopy, a, a video series where you offer recommendations for what to watch on Canopy, one of the library's two free streaming services. Tell us a little bit about some of your recommendations and why you think they're important to watch. So we, we tried to, to do a lot of things with this event. Um, we wanted to bring awareness to, like you said, our streaming system, uh, streaming databases, which is um, uh, Canopy. It is a video streaming service that you have access to with your library card and your uh, email address. And they have all these great movies on um, history. So Black History Under the Canopy is a play on that name. 
Um, we chose both uh, fiction and nonfiction movies that are featured on Canopy, and we wanted to give people an opportunity to kind of interact with our uh, Facebook page, the African American Resource Facebook page. So we give people a chance to, you know, watch them and, and really give their opinion about what they thought about the movie. Everybody has until March the 3rd uh, to make a comment on the Facebook page. We are using a lot of our resources. We're putting the um, recommendations out on our African-American resource collection email list. Um, we're incorporating our Facebook page. We are posting this on YouTube. So there's a lot of the library's resources that we're highlighting with this program. We're speaking now with Shikrani Gray, African-American Resource and Equity and Inclusion Librarian, and Amy Wander, Library Head of Youth Programming. They're telling us about Black History Month programming with the New Orleans Public Library. I want to know a little bit more about one of the digital resources you offer. This is very interesting, History Makers. Tell us a little bit about it, what it offers, and how does it enable users to learn more about Black History Month? So History Makers uh, is one of my favorite databases because it's it's a collection of video oral histories. And so there, there are all these interviews with well-known African Americans, but also some unsung heroes that have been working behind the scenes. Um, it's a good resource for schools. We had a school that uh, sometimes I go into the schools and do um, um, writing workshops. And, and talk about resources. And one of my schools was trying to get this subscription. And we said, no, you can get this free through the library. And they were so excited. So it's good for, you know, history. It's good for uh, your research projects. Um, and it's really just interesting to see history from the perspective of the people actually making the history. It's obvious if you're paying attention to current affairs that it's important that we promote black history right now. How do you think the library's educational resources help to do that? Black history, people think of it as like people that were in the past. So Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King, you know, Malcolm X, those kinds of figures. But we don't realize the, the connection locally. Like we are in New Orleans and historically New Orleans has been at the forefront of black history in so many ways. So we promote, like when we um, talk about Martin Luther King. We just had a big event here at the main branch um, highlighting Martin Luther King, but also talking about the local people here who were instrumental in the civil rights movement. So we talk about Aretha Castle Haley, and, and we talk about the Canal Street boycott. And all of those are historical uh, events, but they're also like really personal. Some of those people are still alive today. Um, so it's important for the library to open the doors to what has happened historically, but also connected to our lives so that we recognize that we are black history. Every day we are doing things that will one day be seen as black history. And we also allow people to, to experience black history on multiple levels. We have movies, we have books, our guest speakers, our programming. We, we allow people to interact with history on a daily basis. We are one of the few places that's still free to the public and gives you access to multiple views of history. And even if you like it or you don't like it, 
there are multiple views represented at the library. And, you know, you can see primary source materials like we have at the Louisiana Division. You can see videos and movies like we have at the library branches and on our databases. And we have books and we have events. So we're always uh, giving opportunities. It's, it's almost supplementary to life, you know, and to the education system. We are always here. We're always free and open to the public. And I want to give a special shout out to the Friends of New Orleans Public Library because people think that what we offer is important. And so we're able to like do all this great stuff, offer, you know, uh, little gifts and, and toys and books and things that, that um, are made available because people are, you know, speaking with their money. So during this Black History Month, what have you been reading, watching, and recommending to others? What are some good books and movies that New Orleanians should get their hands on now? Uh, I have a fiction book. Um, as someone that reads a lot of teen fiction and children's fiction, um, I wanted to recommend a book by Jason Reynolds, his most recent book called Ain't Burned, All the Bright. And this book is a work of art. It's three sentences over 300 pages uh, and it's a collaboration of artwork and poetic prose. So this book by Jason Reynolds and Jason Griffin, it's about breath. It's about not being able to breathe, the death of George Floyd, protests, COVID. And it's also about remembering to breathe. So it's this beautiful work of fiction that is a must-have um, and People can find it at the public library, Ain't Burned All the Bright by Jason Reynolds. And I I have a, a bunch of stuff to add because Amy has opened it up with a fiction. And, you know, people usually don't think about fiction when they think about black history. But I think it's important to include fiction, first of all, because it highlights black authors and people of color who write books. <laughs> But it's important because we don't recognize that, you know, the people that we look back and say, oh, this is a famous author, at that, at that point in history, they were contemporary authors. So we want to, like, like I said before, highlight history in the making when we talk about Black history. Other, other places that you can find recommendations for Black history reading, um, we have Black history book displays, one at the main branch, but they're all throughout the system. So there's so many places you can come into our branches and see things like the Mardi Gras Indians. Um, we have a book display on that. We have a book, book display on famous African-American women who have um, affected Black history and uh, the civil rights movement. And then we have books like Righteous Lives, Narratives of the New Orleans Civil Rights Movement. I love this book. This was like a gem that I found when I was like, we need to highlight some books for Black History Month. I love this because it tells us about the history, but it also incorporates interviews from people who were actually present during those times, and it, it, it tells us their memories and their impressions, so you can kind of interact with history and not just hear somebody's interpretation of the history. Shikrani and Amy, this has been a delightful conversation. Thank you so much for the time you've spent with us today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you.
This has been Louisiana Considered. I'm Carl Lengel. Thanks to our guests, Shikani Gray and Amy Wander, and to Louisiana librarian Christopher. Our managing producer is Alana Schreiber. Our digital editor is Caitlin Umholtz. Our engineers are Garrett Pittman, Aubrey Purcell, and Thomas Walsh. You can listen to Louisiana Considered Monday through Friday at noon and at 7.30 in the evening. It's available on Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. Major support for Louisiana Considered provided by Rouse's Markets, a Louisiana shopping experience with additional support from Southern Strategy Group. Uh-huh.